Welcome to Sell Like You, the ultimate sales podcast that will teach you how to make sales your superpower, transform your mindset, and in doing so, explode your sales beyond your wildest dreams. I'm Harriet Meller, and over the last 17 years, I've helped hundreds of top companies around the world, including my own, make more money and qualify more leads using simple strategies that work. In this podcast, you'll learn how I generated over 10 million in annual sales, along with the sales techniques, processes, and tools that will work for you to generate more dream-aligned clients and scale your business beyond what you thought was possible. If you're sick of the boring, outdated, and pushy sales tactics of the past, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the Sell Like You podcast with me, Harriet Meller, and we are here for the Women in Tech Sales series, which I'm excited to have my good friend, Lisa Papley. Hello and welcome. Hi, Harriet. Thank you for having me today. Oh, you're very welcome. So Lisa, you have been in the industry for a few years. You've seen a lot. You've done a lot. You've achieved incredible things. Tell me about how did you get into the industry? Well, it was 22 years ago. So I guess a lot's happened since then. (laughs) Um, yeah, 2001. I um, I was working in marketing in a very traditional industry in manufacturing and it was just, there wasn't a lot of change happening and everything was pretty slow and very traditional marketing channels and tactics that we were using. And I could see that IT was, a, you know, really fast growing and it seemed to be exciting industry from the outside. So I uh, saw a job at a semi-small, not too small, I think there was about 70 to 80 people who focused on the education industry and that really got me excited because it wasn't just IT, it was IT with a purpose and what they wanted to do, what their, I guess what their goal was um, and why they existed was to help students and schools be more engaged in their learning so it wasn't just about tech. It was it, it really had a great purpose and, and I loved that. So I got to work with, work with schools. I got to work with students. Um, and I, yeah, just I went into marketing there. And I guess that's from where my career really took off. Wow. And so it's interesting, isn't it? Because I know whenever, you know, especially, you know, you're, you're out for dinner and someone says, what do you do? And I would always just say, oh, tech sales. Or I work in IT would probably actually be the genuine answer. And they're like, like what? Like a hacker? <laughs> like not quite. Not quite the hacker can you, stage. Can you help me with my computer? Can you Ooh, help me with my computer? No, I definitely can't. <laughs> I can talk to you about outcomes. Uh, I can talk to you about the journey and about how other people have done it, but not quite fix yeah. your fix your laptop. Um, I mean, I'd give it a good try. <laughs> I may break it, but I'll give it a. Yeah, I may break it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you saw that from the outside, and so. From then, then when you went in there and you, you know, focusing on, on marketing, what were the tactics? Like what, you know, what, how were you driving awareness back then? Yeah, well, very different. Obviously, digital marketing wasn't a thing. Um, mm. It was very much direct marketing. So we were, we, we had a very niche market it was the K to 12 private school sector. So it was very easy from a targeting perspective, but it was, yeah, very traditional. Um, I had a team of phone-based sellers um, who had a list. And they would call down on those 80 plus schools a day, work on that um, strike rate through calling. And we were also doing mailing and faxing, which just sounds hilarious right now. Um, But more so, yeah, catalogue-based sales. Um, We had our value selling team who were selling big programs and big networks. But I was always on that volume or back then at that stage of the job, I was on the, the volume side of the business 
where we were, yeah, all run rate and really high volume transactional sales. So um, very much about multiple touch points on a very regular basis. It's not changed that much then. No. You know, we're still looking at multiple touch points, 80 plus calls a day. I'd be pretty happy with if a team was, you know, achieving that, you know, those kinds of numbers, especially if their focus is solely outbound. Yes. You've got then again, you've got the weight, you know, faxing. Yes. You know, we have a little chuckle at that. Mm. But in terms of actually, you know, the value-based selling, the, you know, the opportunities, the touch points haven't changed, have they really much in the industry? No. And, and looking back, it's, you know, it's all about people. And that's why we were so successful. And particularly within that education sector and people are buying from people. So you can reach out to people through multiple channels, digital these days, but it's that engagement through building that relationship with a person is that was the most successful channel from a marketing perspective for me. And I guess that's where I had been in sales previously, but that's where um, my sales and marketing alignment and synergy really began and I think that's where I look at you know we all know that marketing and sales cannot sit in isolation but let's be real about it there's so many organizations that they do but because I was on both sides I fortunately went to the CEO and said we're running all these campaigns but we're not getting the sales follow-up that's needed and that ongoing engagement so he said well you can go and hire three people to do that so that's where my sales management began as well um, in managing that team. And where we really started to see success was that longevity, building those relationships over, you know, six, the first six to 12 months is tough. But then once they've built those relationships, they're having that red, regular contact. And this was all over the phone. These people rarely went out to see people face to face. But they would, I would also run events that they would go along to and meet people face to face, which was hugely important to help really establish that and and cement that relationship. The face to face was important, but the majority of the relationship with the customer was over the phone and email. But it was just all about the service that they delivered and how being so responsive. And I think um, this is one area that, you know, I'm really passionate about in promoting people in inside sales roles, how important they are in that sales process, because they're the ones that are available. They're the ones that are responding. They're usually the ones preparing the quotes. And it's, it's the service. It's, it's that just consistent customer service that they deliver in those inside roles. And I think they can be overlooked sometimes um, and probably not valued for for what they're actually bringing to that customer day to day. Because whenever I talk to a customer, of course, they'll talk about their AE or their their architect, but they always say, but, you know, hey, when I, I speak to this person every day, that's, they always come back to that person and that rapport and that relationship and the responsiveness, how responsive they are and how much they help them. Yeah, exactly. And it is that day-to-day. I mean, there's so much there that you've just shared that's incredible because it's short, you know, it just shows the journey and the fact that if you're prepared, I guess, really to take a risk on a new industry, because back then, you know, you were in this, 
fairly safe industry, you know, that things are always going, manufacturing is always happening. There's that, you know, there's, there's opportunity there. You've got the like success and the awareness of what you're doing there to take the leap into a new business, but then identify, you know, the opportunities, take that to the CEO, get commitment from the CEO, and then be able to grow a team. So not only have you gone from marketing, but marketing to understand sales from, a, you know, previously doing sales, identifying where you can grow that, nurture that, and then become a manager. Because again, often, often a lot of salespeople, they get to be the best salesperson and then they become a manager, which I've, you know, again, in my opinion, I feel like is the wrong direction to be going in. But again, it's about there's so there's so many different skill sets you've had to have from a sales, marketing, and managerial perspective. How did you learn all of that? Yeah, I think um, being given the being trusted and given the opportunity, and also I think being very forthright and having an opinion and a point of view. That's always been the number one for me. Is don't just sit back and expect other people to speak up. For you, um, you need to be confident in dealing with people at all levels, um, and then being able to go in and clearly artic- articulate that message around the problems that you're seeing, but not just the problems. How do you recommend that we solve them? And then backing that up with data. That's always been my number one. I would never walk into a management meeting or a, a board presentation or into a CEO's office without going in and actually having that um, data-based, I guess, just that analytics of what's going on, but then also with your gut as well and your experience. But it's being confident and even if you're not confident sometimes in those scenarios, you just put on your poker face (laughs) and in you go, yeah. And in you go, yeah, yeah. Like, like take a deep breath, count to three, off you go, let's go. do it. <laughs> and and because that whole opinion base is something that I think a lot of people have to learn. Um, I think I've always, I was a very strong child and, uh, you know, I always had opinions about whether my parents were right or wrong. And um, they, they always said that I'm surprised you didn't go into law, you know, or something like that to have like, you know, opinions and stand up and give, you know, both sides the story and argue each point. Um, but again, it's not not as natural for some people. And so it's then about, you know, finding those little tactics or I guess really um, processes or habits to build into. But also know that when people employ you, they want your opinion. They want to be challenged, whether they agree, whether they would say that or not. Essentially, their business is going to be better if you're able to, to, to deliver that information. And again, that data driven and the analytics that you just mentioned, that's what we need as salespeople, isn't it? To be able to deliver information to our clients or prospective clients so that they can make data driven decisions about improving their, their posture, their, their, their cybersecurity, whatever it may be. But they're then able to then link that back to why and where's it coming from and what's the difference between doing what we're doing now and what you're suggesting. And again, it's about having that trust. And I guess the trust, would you say, does that come from from delivering information that's accurate or is there something else? Uh, I think it's being curious. And I think that's, yes, and obviously accuracy. You know, I've gone in reports sometimes and there's been an error in the data and that can really blow, you know, your point of view as well. Or you may have a point of view and you may look at the data and go, actually, I'm wrong or I need to look at this from another angle. But I think I'm when I walk into a business, I'm probably from a and coming from originally a marketing background, I'm looking at all where people I think find this interesting. I'm looking at it from all aspects, not just who are our customers, what are they buying, all the I guess standard sort of sales um, 
data and, and conversion rates and things like that, you know, I want to look at across how we're making an impact across the whole business. So how are we do, how are we going from a delivery perspective with our projects? What value are we demonstrating to the customer for our, whether it be our managed services agreement? How are we actually going delivering on product and on time? You know, what's our error rate in keying orders? So not just looking at it from your area, your one, your one area, what's our conversion rate or what's our customer churn rate? It's because if you're curious and you look across the business, you might find, you will find that there's problems in other ends. And if, if you're doing a, a sales or marketing campaign and you're finding that you're converting, but then there's something going wrong, you know, down the delivery stage, if you're not aware of that, that's really going to affect everything moving forward and your decisions. So, yeah, I think I'm just very curious. I ask a lot of questions. Um, I think sometimes I'm an accountant's worst nightmare because I want to know all the data. I'm very much about having sales operations, working closely with sales operations. Um, They're the biggest source of the data within your business and making sense of that data. So, yeah, just always asking questions and um, being really curious. Yeah, awesome. And that makes a great salesperson as well as a great marketer because we're looking at both sides of that. And so from your perspective, then, if you're looking at you go go into a team and you've got a a marketing team and a sales team, do you go to marketing first and then sales or do you do sales first, then marketing? I'll go to the customer first. What I love is walking into a new company and obviously I'll be meeting all the internal teams, but your real source of truth is with your customers. And I love either going out and meeting them face to face or, you know, doing a Teams call or just a phone call just to get to know them from their point of view, how they feel that we're performing um, as a business. I'll also look at lots of sales proposals that have recently gone out. So I'm kind of, I'm obviously getting to know the people, but everyone, you know, will have their perspective, particularly if they've been in a business for a long time. And everyone's got a different opinion and I'll take that. And I love learning from people internally as well. But then I love, yeah, definitely the customer is my number one go-to. Yeah, I love that. And again, it's often forgotten because like you said, if we go back to what, you know, all of the touch points you've mentioned in terms of being curious, it's about that delivery perspective. It's about what are we giving to the client and then therefore then how do we learn from that? Mm. And I think that's a really interesting approach, but I think it's also one that will give you the most amount of information because you've always got a salesperson that will tell you anything. And, um, you know, I'm laughing because, you know, we, I've been there and, you know, we, we, will, we will say whatever we need to say, you know, we, internally to get this across or to make us look better from a sales perspective. But we've then also then got the source of truth. Then you've then got, obviously got the sales proposals, messaging, who are we speaking to the most of? And then, it, then from a marketing, what are you looking for from that piece to, to bridge the gap between sales? I think um, it's it's really understanding having I guess it's joint goals. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's really important between sales and marketing. It's it's understanding, and I, I when I say the customers first, but I'm also spending a lot of time with the salespeople to understand what their challenges are to sell. You know, what barriers are you coming across? What are your common objections? Um, yeah, where are you really struggling? What areas you're trying to crack into? So it's building trust. And I think if you go in there with, if as a marketing person or a salesperson, if you go in there just with that hat on and not try and understand the challenges that the teams around you are having and building that trust and listening, I'll, I would not go into a role and 
you know, say, okay, we're going to run with this program within six weeks. You know, I, you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, you haven't built trust with the teams. It's it's understanding everyone's perspective and, and building that trust. And again, being curious with the sales team and the marketing team and the leadership team to then go away and build out a plan that's actually got everybody's buy-in um, and everyone's involvement and input in. If you go away and do anything in isolation, um, you you won't get the trust from the team and you won't get what you need out of that to make it successful along that sales journey as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's great advice or great, you know, awareness as well around the fact that there is multiple people involved when it comes to sales or marketing. Yeah. You have to think of if it's marketing, you have to think of sales, if it's sales, you have to think of marketing. You've also got to think of leadership, where the you know the, the, the direction of the business, but also where the clients sit yes. to know that we that we are delivering a great, a great service. So for somebody coming into this tech sales role, whether they're thinking about it, they are where you are, you know, in this, in, in another industry, looking at all the shiny objects going on in tech, in the tech world. Um, and, you know, people go on these incredible trips to Vegas and all these things happening. What would you, what piece of advice would you give to somebody that's external to the industry thinking about getting in? Yeah, well, I've had a few um, and I love that, um, particularly with the teams that I've been managing re- more recently. I encourage people to come outside of the industry because, I mean, firstly, it's great for the business because um, we have, you know, the skills gap um, at the moment in, in hiring into IT is very challenging to find people with experience. So go looking for people that don't have experience but had of a genuine curiosity, a genuine interest like me back in the day, hey, this seems like a great, exciting industry. I may not have the qualifications, but if you've got that interest and you want to be in that fast-paced and changing industry, then that's that's what you need. You just need that, um, I guess, that curiosity and that passion and that willingness to learn because the great thing is in this industry, you can get certified in the industry in, you don't have to, in sales, you don't necessarily have to have, you know, the degree in information technology, you can come in and get certified with all the vendors and learn on the job. So all I say is, you've got to just have that willingness to come in and learn um, and just, and stick it out. It's, you know, you would know, Harry, you know, that first 12 months, two years in, in the industry is a whirlwind and all the jargon. Um, it's it's really challenging. So you you have you have to ride through all that and just keep pushing if you're enjoying it, of course. Because um, then in once you've been through a couple of years, um, it's just be committed to it and just keep learning. Absolutely. And again, at that point, you learn so much in those two first two years and the network that you build, especially. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you and I are both are both in Australia. And, you know, the network in Australia is incredible and, you know, meet people and I, and again, work, still work heavily in the industry. And there's still lots of people I've never met before, but there's always a connection to somebody that I know very well. Yes. And, you know, or somebody that has moved from business to business or vendor to vendor or, you know, across pollination. Yes. And so there's always lots, lots of opportunity there. And again, it, like you said, it's about the learning and the dedication to that learning yes. because there is that skills gap and there is a massive opportunity for people to come outside of the industry in to have a great career. And a lot of the people I've been interviewing as part of this series have all said, you know, I kind of fell into the industry or I looked at the opportunity and came in. I wouldn't go anywhere else. And I think that's such a testament to the industry to show how much opportunity there is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, as you said, the network is so important and, and that's 
with the sales teams that I've managed, I said, you make sure that you get out there and meet as many people. Um, we have great opportunities to attend you know, the big vendor events and they encourage teams to come along and meet and you're going to meet some amazing people. And they move around to Australia is, a, is very small in the IT industry. So there's people that will come and go and move around and, you know, there's just, it's that network um, that's just so important. And I think that's one thing that I've found over the years is the support that you get from the, the people in this industry is absolutely amazing. When good things happen and bad things happen, you know, people will reach out to you, you know, two or three years later. And um, yeah, it's, it, it is a very, very supportive network and great industry to work in yeah I, I I don't think I'd move I think I'm well beyond moving out of it now and starting fresh um, but uh yeah it would uh I, I don't think I will because yeah I just love love the people that I've met along the way and I love seeing the new people coming in and the new you know the the younger people now really growing in their careers and I want to see where they go too Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you're, you're such a nurturer like, of people. And again, we've had the opportunity to work together and seeing you with your teams as they've come through, regardless of their stature, and they're able to then be able to learn from you and you're able to plug them in with the right people. Mm. So when it comes to that professional development, and again, I get this, I get asked this question a lot, so I'm, I'm keen to get, to get your, your thoughts on it. Um, so when it comes to development, professional development, where they can get these tools and access to information, where would you point them? What direction would you point them in? Yeah, well, firstly, to you, Harriet, <laughs> and I saw you online. That's how we met on LinkedIn. And I could see that you just got it straight away. Uh, you have the experience, but you also, what, what I loved about the content that I saw from you, it catered to people at all um, levels in, of experience in their career. And for me, uh, then, you know, we which was fantastic. We got the opportunity to create a program on that, which um, we delivered over a number of months. But um, so abs your podcasts are fantastic and just seeing your regular posts on LinkedIn. So I think following um, the right people on LinkedIn just to keep that regular training going because I'm all for professional development in one, you know, doing whether that be a day or maybe a course but then you tend to lose it. It's, you've got to keep it regular. It's almost a daily thing. So social media, following um, the right people, and they've got to resonate with you as well. Um, so the other area is the vendor training, of course. Um, we are so fortunate to work in an industry where our vendor partners have just invested so much in building these amazing programs and certifications that they work on every year and and bring out new content all the time. So getting certified in those and tapping into the amazing, and it's all free. This is the thing. It's all, all free. Um, there is so much out there that is yeah, free. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the key is just keeping it regular and finding things that you enjoy. Um, a book that I've, it's, 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 it's an oldie, but a goodie, but I've just listened to it. Actually, I'm listening to the book again. It's called um, Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office. Um, oh, I've not heard of this. Yeah, and I think I'm a mentor for a couple of women, um, not just in IT, but what I find with some women is that they tend to, um, as we were talking about before, just maybe sitting back and not having that point of view. And I guess I know we're in a very male-dominated industry, but it's not about being, obviously, we, we don't need to 
be men. Um, we don't need to be aggressive, um, but we, I think being assertive, having a point of view, and I just think that's a really, for anyone, that's a sort of top of mind for me at the moment because I've um, I've just finished it again. I, I had listened to it a few years ago, but, yeah, that that's a good one to get, you know, if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed or um, losing a little bit of confidence, I love that one just as a quick injection of um, of confidence. Yeah, great. I'll pop that in the show notes as well so people can find yeah. that easily yeah. and check that one out. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you have given us so much gold in this podcast. I knew we were going to, I'm sure we could chat for another hour, I think, after this. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to get you back on again, Lisa, um, and, and dive in because there's so many questions I've got for you around yeah, that management it, that management level and, and I guess really kind of moving across diff- different realms within the business. But again, for this series, the goal is to is to support people coming into the industry, support people that are already in the industry. And from that, our experiences of being females in the tech sales industry as well is a different and I guess really unique point point of difference. And one that I think we're very fortunate to be in and very excited to have that point of difference. I think it really helps us stand out from the crowd as well. And any parting words, any, any final tips for somebody listening to this that wants a bit of inspiration or wants to know kind of how they can find you maybe or connect with you if you're happy with them to do so? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Through LinkedIn. That's my main go-to for anything professional. But oh, anything in party? No, just I think get in there and meet as many people and yeah, just enjoy it. It's a great ride. And there's some, I just think in life, it all comes down to people. Um, doesn't matter who you work for. Just love the people that you work with, enjoy what you do and, um, yeah, just get out there and have fun with it. Incredible. Thank you, Lisa. It's been great to have you on and I will pop everything in the show notes so people can connect with you um, and I hope you have a wonderful break. Oh, thank you so much, Harriet. It's been fantastic. Have a wonderful break too. Thank you for tuning into the Sell Like You podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and be sure to subscribe to never miss another one. A huge thank you to Vitality House for hosting today's recording and I look forward to being back into your ears soon.